welcome back to The Dark Side. I'm your host, Brianna. And I'm... Dyson! Wells. <laughs> this is Dark Adaptation. that your theatrics thank you it's really <laughs> channeling my uh macho man randy savage oh, intro yeah? Yeah. yeah that's something you're into <laughs> maybe okay all right let me, well let me um, tell you brother this episode today is gonna be the cream of the crop oh yeah it's cream of the crop we're gonna rise to the top of the charts baby oh yeah First of all, <coughs> that was good. Second of all, um, I believe that's a bone saw. I got you for <laughs> three minutes. Three minutes of me time. Playtime. No, not today. No! <laughs> Ew, the worst. Want to know why it's bone saw? Okay. Oh, Lord. Lord. <laughs> the way he goes, like, he wiggles his fingers, like, he sees, like, he's a like Homer Simpson looking at a donut. Yep. Like, mm. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. I mean, why are you all the way over there on that side of the couch? Oh, I'm just, couch isn't long enough, I'll tell you that. You're supposed to say, staying away from you. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay, I would like somebody to go back and listen to our catalog of episodes. That's right, all of them. 45 of them, because this is episode 45, everyone. And, uh... Take note of how many times we mentioned Spider-Man specifically. Oh my god. Toby Maguire Spider-Man. <laughs> that sounds like a challenge for a supercut. Yeah, and <laughs> and for a very specific person, because most people are like, those Spider-Men suck. Oh my god. I wouldn't god. even get it if you were talking about it. Those people. Gen Z, as I like to call them. <laughs> Great, you just just uh, completely insulted. Oh yeah, the, a good portion of our listeners. The, the millennial got one jab in. <laughs> <laughs> yep, both millennials over here. Mm -hmm. All right, this is episode forty-five. Um, last week it was our anniversary episode. Yay! And <laughs> and I thought I heard a crackling sound. Oh, no, I don't hear anything. Okay, whoops. Um, and it was it went well. It was fun. We got like forty five minutes in of banter. It was excellent. It was excellent. <laughs> it was. We good. We had some good chats. Yeah, talking about just like where the podcast has has really come from. Really, mm -hmm. how it's grown. Little tips and tricks for other podcasters when it comes to like editing and stuff. Yeah, it was a good time. Mm -hmm. And like, thanks, lovely listeners. You know. We wouldn't be here without you guys listening. Yeah, we would just, just be, be doing something else. I guess. Dyson and his, you know, really good impressions, but really terrible quotes of movies that he never, ever, 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 ever gets right. It's true. You're probably like one for 97. <laughs> 97. <laughs> Specific. Yeah. Okay, so before we get into this week's case, which is a true crime case, 
I uh, just wanted to shout out some of our new friends. We have new podcast friends. We got new friends. I know. It's so exciting. They're our friends. Okay. Yes. They're our friends. They could be your friends too. It's Good Beer, Bad Movie Night podcast. It's excellent. They literally drink good beer and watch bad movies. So it's good not beer. Just a bad clever movies. name. Movie time. <laughs> excellent. Wow, 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 wow. Let me tell you, I just got up from a nap slash sleep, and I am uh, I am ready to go. Tell the people what time it is. It's eight a.m. in the morning. No. I am responsible. Okay, it's 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 nine o'clock on the dot at night. It's nine o'clock at night, people. This kid yep. slept all day. <laughs> so don't let him fool you. It wasn't a nap. But yeah, anyway, this isn't about you, Dyson. This is about good beer, bad movie night. The podcast. Mm. They found us through, guess who? <laughs> Our other friends. Who? Spoils of Horror. Oh, fuck. My favorite. I know. They found <laughs> us through there because, you know, we, we have their ad, their little promo. They play ours. So, yeah, Pete, who's one of the dudes over there at Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, mm-hmm. he says that we have an amazing show and we have great production and he likes the content. Hey, thanks, Pete. So thank you, thank you a lot, Pete. Thank, thanks, thanks, thank, P man. <laughs> Can I call you P man? I, I don't want to actually. That no, that was supposed to be a little more say, endearing than that, but it sounds like P. Yeah, I was like, you, you know, know, I'm uh, me and Pete. We're we're new friends, but I'm gonna speak on his behalf here, and I think he'll appreciate that. And don't call him P man. <laughs> don't. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna call him that. So yeah, I'll yeah. think of something better, Peter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good God. Anyway, guys, I'm just letting him know he's got free range on my name now. <laughs> yeah, it's Pete. You can call him Dickles. That's what I call him. It's big suck. It isn't. <laughs> well, it probably is. <laughs> uh, Shout out to Pete and everyone else at Good Beer Bad Movie Night, our new podcasting friends. They could be your friends too, so go and check them out. <laughs> Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Killboy Kreitz. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> As we drag Kathleen, hear me, kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. Just how drunk are we gonna get? A lot. <laughs> Man, that song slaps. That does. That's a fantastic song. <laughs> dun, dun. I feel like I'm on a beach when I listen to that. I was gonna say it feels like a like a luau. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine luau's are the best because if you just get really hammered, you can just go puke in a hole somewhere. Why do you have to? You just bury it like a cat, and you just walk back to the campfire like nothing happened. <laughs> I haven't been to a lot of parties. Oh, people! You go to a party, people bury you in a hole. Yeah. 
<laughs> Are you ready to get into this true crime case? Or, wait, Please. you got something else to say, Pickles? Oh, yes, no, save me. Yes, no, save me. <laughs> <laughs> Just how drunk are we gonna get? Mm-hmm. Aunt, that is a ringtone. <laughs> okay. Every time it went off, I would just be like doing a little shimmy dance. like <laughs> That's one way to let everyone know I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do this. Let's do it. True crime case this week. It's a case that takes place over a three-day period in Dayton, Ohio in the 90s. I just realized that... Good Beer, Bad Movie Night are based out of Ohio. Oh. Yeah, right. You fucking planned it. I we're, did. You're that I... organized over here. We are... no, we're not that organized. It just That's just a cool thing that coincidences happen, and I like them. Hmm. All right. I wrote the majority of this episode on Tuesday, and me and Pete did not become friends until Friday. She's trying to make us look good. <laughs> no, you're taking away something that sorry i didn't mean to encroach on your serendipity proceed between december 24th and 26th 1992 people of dayton ohio should have been enjoying christmas festivities and focusing on their loved ones but instead they were plagued with fear and sadness because four little shits decided to go on a crime spree and shooting rampage that left six people dead, two people injured, and a community forever impacted by the senseless violence. This is the sinister story of the 1992 Christmas killing spree. So, the four young people responsible for this spree were part of the so-called, quote, downtown posse. So lame. (laughs) Maybe posse was a cooler word in the early 90s. It must have been, (laughs) because Jesus. They were a, quote, gang that spent most of their days bumming money in Courthouse Square in downtown Dayton. This feels like theater kids gone bad or some shit. It's definitely kids gone bad. (laughs) Theater, I can't speak to. (laughs) Laura Taylor was the youngest of the group of four people that we're talking about. She was only 16, but she was, quote, tough as nails. Also, I realized I've been saying, quote, quote, da, 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 like eight (laughs) times. (laughs) But yeah, 16-year-old who was, you know, just fucking hard as shit. Other posse members consisted of Laura's boyfriend, 19-year-old Marvalis Keen, 20-year-old Heather Matthews, and 19-year-old Demarcus Smith. Mm. So those are the four little shits. Bunch of winners right there. Excuse me, winners. Yeah. So they were all estranged from their families when they started hanging out together, and their influence on each other was obviously just terrible for bad apples that when they got together just turned into rotten apples (laughs) 
<laughs> were you thinking what I was thinking? What? What were you thinking? <laughs> it's a apple. Oh, it's a apple. It's a apple. <laughs> Very obscure quote from uh, one of the sensational shows, um, A&E's Hoarders. <laughs> it's just, just someone, someone's hand just holding up a rotted out fruit. Yeah, it doesn't look like an apple. It looks like a petrified shit. And then they're like, what is it? The oh, yeah, you can like, tell what everything in here is. What is this? It's an apple. It's an apple. <laughs> <laughs> shit okay <laughs> so initially it was mostly laura and marvallis so the couple that were going out committing petty crimes and robberies together oh shit here comes the downtown posse oh, they come like marching <laughs> over like oh my god snapping their fingers definitely snapping their fingers nothing cool like glass bottles on your fingers or something okay that was actually sick i love that that's scene. what i just said i know it's definitely snapping nothing cool like yeah glass yeah, bottles. yeah yeah i wasn't being fucking facetious <laughs> warriors is one of my favorite movies <laughs> that was good thanks so yeah it was mostly laura and morvalis that were out here committing petty crimes and robberies together but you know it did not take long for Heather and Demarcus to join into their escalating crime sprees that they were going on. Mm -hmm. So in the early morning hours of December 24th, Christmas Eve, when most people are sleeping before a busy day filled with Christmas Eve festivities, Laura and... <laughs> <laughs> One time police officer. <laughs> oh, God. Voice crack. That's embarrassing. You want me to cut it? Nah. It's All right. It's just who I am. So, Laura and Morvalis, they decided to execute a plan that they'd been working on. So they needed money and they settled on robbery being the easiest way to get some. Mm -hmm. So Laura knew a guy that would pay for sex. So they decided that he was the perfect target. So Laura called up this guy, 34 year old Joseph Wilkerson. And promised him an orgy. You know, it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> well, Yule time <laughs> romp. Romp, yeah. <laughs> As part of this plan, obviously, it's an orgy. You need more than just Laura. So they recruited Heather, the other posse member who is uh, new to the gang. And she was just equally as troubled. And she'd been out in and out of prison already, even though she was only like 20. <laughs> so... <laughs> They're like, we'll get Heather in on this. Yeah, she's the perfect one to call on for this orgy. So yep. the three of them show up, Laura, Marvalis, and Heather. They're all hard as nails. Tough as nails. Tough as nails. Hard as shit. Hard as shit. So the three of them, they show up to uh, Joseph's house, which is located at three... Th 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 <laughs> it's just broken, folks. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> this house is located at 3321 Prescott Ave. Just in case you know you're in the Dayton area. <laughs> Stop by for that Yule time boning. Good Lord. 
Well, okay, so they take, they show up at the Joseph's house, they take him into the bedroom, they bound him to the headboard with electrical cords, and you know, maybe this is what he was in, into. He was like, oh, this is a great orgy, I love it. Mm. And uh, they just kind of leave him there, and they go and scour the house for all the valuables, you know, give me the loot. <laughs> and while they're ransacking the place, they found a thirty-two caliber Derringer, Derringer gun, yep. they found a thirty-two caliber gun. So Marvalis shot Joseph in the chest with the gun. Oh, yeah. Just, okay. And so the poor guy's just tied to his bed and is dead now because he just got shot in the chest. Yep. And those three stooges continued to ransack the home. And then Laura pulled out a 25 caliber gun from God knows where and shot Joseph in the head. Point blank. Just shot him. Even though the poor guy was already dead in his bed. Okay. Just stone cold was like, oh, I guess this is what I do now. <laughs> so they took their loot and they stole Joseph's car. So they have his stolen car and these three stooges turn into four stooges when they pick up another posse member, DeMarcus. What the fuck was DeMarcus? Like, usually they don't join when all of a sudden they get that heated. DeMarcus must have been like, you guys out committing murder? <laughs> Can I join? <laughs> Listen, this is the downtown posse you're talking about. You just right. don't get it. Yeah, they make the cartels look like fucking pussycats. They don't even know who the cartel is because they're so high above it. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> so yeah, they got DeMarcus now. And they're cruising around Dayton in their stolen whip that they stole from poor dead Joseph. And they're probably going through their stuff that they stole talking about the heinous crimes that they just committed mm -hmm. when they take another opportunity to be shit stains. 18-year-old Danita Golette is minding her own, literally nothing to do with these people. She's talking on a payphone at 517 Neal Avenue, in case anyone's in Dayton area. <laughs> Danita was a senior at Patterson Cooperative High School, and she's a mother of a two-year-old. She's only 18 herself, so she's a busy woman. And like I said... Minding her own, nothing to do with these four fucking shit stains, mm -hmm. complete stranger. And the posse just rolls up on them, on uh, Danita in the in the payphone booth, with their guns out, demanding that she hand over her belongings or they're gonna shoot her. Okay. So Danita is begging for them not to shoot her. She's totally down she's obliging she's like okay here's my stuff she had a backpack so she hands over her backpack mm -hmm. but they shoot her anyway five wow. times what the fuck yes and then they steal her tennis shoes and her jacket off of her dead body just completely take out this poor woman yeah fuck these kids and the saddest part is that she was like obviously being like don't, don't shoot me mm -hmm. and listened and gave her a backpack and apparently there was only 50 cents in the backpack there wasn't even oh anything oh my god so it was fucking just pointless they're they're just so they're fucking around because like they who robs someone that's at a payphone right yeah like and atm like, i think is what you were looking for <laughs> just saw her there and was like oh this is a great opportunity to be assholes yep and rob her fucking body of her jacket and shoes Mm -hmm. so the police found Anita's body on the ground outside the phone booth and in the blood that she got shot five times so there's just blood 
all over the pavement. And in the blood, they found a 25 caliber aluminum bullet shell casing. Okay. Well, maybe more than one because, you know, she was shot five times, which is just insane to me. Mm-hmm. Those little fucking <laughs> shit stains. So finding these shell casings aids in the police's investigation down the road. And Danita was taken to the hospital, but she was pronounced dead when she arrived. Mm. After robbing and killing Danita, the group had a new target. They decided that Heather's ex-boyfriend, 28-year-old Jeffrey Wright, was, um, I don't know, on their fucking hit list or whatever the fuck they're doing. I don't even think they know. I think they're just literally looking to cause trouble. This is just bloodlust. That's it. Yeah, and they're just a bunch of fucking idiots, obviously, like, feeding off of each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Heather's ex-boyfriend, Jeffrey, gets dragged into this, like, well, what should we do now? I don't know, Jeffrey was a fucking dick to me, let's go fucking get him. <laughs> so, they either knew where Jeffrey would be, or they asked him to meet them, I'm not really sure, mm-hmm. but either way, they drove up to meet Jeffrey or whatever, and when they spotted him, DeMarcus shot him four times outside of 157 Yuma Place, in case you're in the Dayton area. Oh, my. And amazingly, he got shot four times, but they all hit his legs, and he managed to still run away and get to a neighbor's house and got medical attention, and he survived. Whoa, this this guy is fucking hard as nails. Yeah, this guy's like 50 cent out here. Tough as nails. Yeah, shot in the legs and then was like four times and four ran times away. And ran away, fled to a neighbor's house. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I know. I'm fucking leaving. So Jeffrey Wright, the uh, real hard as nails MVP here. Tough mm-hmm. as nails, whatever the fuck you want to say. Hard as fuck, tough as nails. Fuck it. You know what? It's just Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. He survived. Good for Jeffrey. So, you know, this these little four shit stains, they're tired from a hard a hard day of crime. <laughs> they, have, they had a lot to do that day. So they returned to Joseph's house to party and spend the night. Joseph is the one who is tied dead to his bed. Mm-hmm. So they use that, his house, as a little hideout, hideout, whatever. Yeah. And they're literally just partying in it. Spending the night, getting drunk on beer and wine and being shit stains. So the next day arrives, Christmas Day. About this crew, they don't have an ounce of Christmas spirit. Oh, not even a not even a smidgen. No, not even a smidgen. Oh, not even a pinch. Oh. Instead, Laura has a new target in mind. Santa Claus. How'd you know? Finally Dayton, down Ohio, the big man Mall himself. Santa. Oh no! Just kidding. It's the most traumatic crime they could have done. <laughs> yeah, that would be fucked up. Yeah. What do you want? No, I'm not even going to get it. No, don't. This. Okay. So it's not Santa, though. Don't worry. It's Laura's idea now because, you know, Heather got her chance to try and get revenge or kill whatever her ex-boyfriend. Well, Laura wants to take out hers, too. So her great idea is to go and meet her 19-year-old ex-boyfriend, Richmond Maddox, to do whatever she has planned. I don't okay. even know if they plan anything for real or if they're just out to cause Just pure mayhem. opportunist. Yeah. So somehow she convinces Richmond to 
like sort of ditch his family for a bit and take her for a drive because it's Christmas Day. Like mm-hmm. he's at home with his family. Right. Uh, so she meets him at his family home, which is at 3938 Larkspur Drive. If you're in the Dayton area. Oh, my God. And they get into his car together to go for like just a little like solo cruise, the two of them. Mm-hmm. But it's not the two of them. They're not alone. Marvalis, Heather, and Demarcus are following Laura and Richmond in their stolen vehicle. And I honestly have no idea how many vehicles they stole. But basically, they were keeping Joseph's license plates. Because, I mean, he's dead. He's not going to report his vehicle missing. Yeah. And... Anytime that they felt like, you know, joyriding or stealing a new whip or whatever, they would just swap the license plates and keep putting um, Joseph's on there so that if, for whatever reason, someone was like, my car was stolen, I don't really know. They're like, what? Airtight. Airtight. (laughs) There's so many problems with all of this. Yeah. So, yeah, they're... Marvalis, Heather, and Demarcus are trailing behind Laura and Richmond in a stolen vehicle. So they don't get very far. Richmond is driving and he gets like less than a mile away onto Benton Avenue. And he notices that this car has been tailing them for a while, like the entire time right there. Mm-hmm. And he becomes suspicious. He's like, why are these people f- have been following me since my house? Like, right right up on me and he guns it mm-hmm. so laura whatever happens there panics freaks out whatever she puts the 32 caliber gun to his right temple mm-hmm. and fires while driving yeah She's richmond is shot person. once in the head while driving mm-hmm. he dies immediately and laura jumps out of the moving car before it crashes yeah. Jesus Christ. She's she's out here making her own movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it it crashes, but her friends have been like tailing them. Yep. So they're right there. She gets out uh by jumping out of a moving vehicle and jumps into their car. And Richmond was found in his car the same day, so Christmas Day, and mm-hmm. declared dead. And then the police have to go to his family's house on christmas, on christmas day. day when they think that he just left like slipped out for a minute or two to go with laura or if they even knew for sure that he was with laura i'm yeah. not positive but yeah you think your kid is just out for a hot minute yeah and then he doesn't come home for hours and the police are at your door like yo we found your son and he's dead yeah it's fucking Shot. bullshit in the head that's infuriating and so yeah they deliver the heartbreaking news Mm -hmm. and that's like i said i don't know if they knew for sure that he was with laura or if you know the cops are just asking standard questions like do you know anyone that would want to hurt him do you know anyone that has like bad blood whatever so whatever the question is the family ends up mentioning that he has an ex-girlfriend named laura so obviously they want to talk to laura they're mm-hmm. like, well, maybe she was with him, or maybe she knows something, or if they were dating, maybe she knows of any enemies he has, like anything like that. Right. So they went to her family house, 
at her family's house to be like, can we talk to Laura? And her family is like, uh, no, like we have not heard from her in ages. Like she's pretty much just disappeared. We don't see her. We don't talk to her. We don't even know where she is. So mm-hmm. like, sorry, you can't talk to her. And if you find her, that'd be great. Cause we want to, you know, talk to her too. It's fucking Christmas day. And we've never heard from her. Yep. And she's 16. Like yeah. it's, you know, living that gang life. <laughs> Quote. Posse life. Yeah. So after killing Richmond, the posse went back to Joseph's house. You know, their little hide hideout there. And they, again, spend the night partying and doing whatever little shit stains do. So the next day, December 26th, Laura, Marvalis, and Demarcus are ready for another robbery. You know, they've been partying. They spend all their money on on uh, beer and wine and gas money because they're cruising around in all these stolen vehicles. So they chose a family owned shortstop mini mart to rob, which was located at 1201 West Fifth Street. If you're the Dayton area. So they arrive at the mini mart. Laura walks in first. She's there to kind of like case the joint, see how many people they're dealing with, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's only three people inside. There's two employees and there's one customer. So after a few minutes, Laura probably somehow like signals Marvellis and Demarcus to like come in. So Marvellis comes in and he pulls a gun and he shoots the customer twice. The customer is Jones Pettis mm-hmm. and he gets shot once in the hand and once in the stomach. He then shoots the employee that's working behind the counter. And her name is Sarah Abraham, and she's shot twice in the head. And the second employee actually escapes injury completely because they just pretended they were dead. Okay. That's like such a last ditch. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But they didn't get hurt at all. So Um, Marvalis takes the money from the register Mm -hmm. and flees with Laura and Demarcus. So the police arrive, and Sarah and Jones... So the employee and the customer are taken to the hospital. And at the scene, the police find shell casings that are similar to the ones that they found at Danita's crime scene. So they're like, hmm, they look similar. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're going to have to do ballistics testing to see that they're actually connected. Mm -hmm. But, you know, alarm bells are ringing. Like, yeah, not great. There's a fucking spree is probably one of the last things you want to put together. And it's like, in in their shoes, they are thinking like, I mean, they look similar, but how could these be connected? These people have nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. It's so random. It's like two days later. Like, yep. What the fuck is, like, you wouldn't think, because there's nothing, they're connected in zero way. Yep. And at least with this robbery, you're like, okay, well, some piece of shit wanted the money out of the register. But with Danita's, it's like... There's not even a motive. Like they took her shoes and her jacket. Yep. But she's an 18 year old girl just on a payphone. Mm-hmm. So like, there's literally no connection. So the cops are just like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" Yeah. So the customer Jones, he survives. Um, but sadly, Sarah died five days later in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And Sarah was a mother to three children. Oh. So. On Boxing Day, that's the news you get is that your mom, who's at work in their family-owned business, 
mm-hmm. to support her three children. Yep. Boxing Day, she gets shot yep. by some little piece of shit. And sadly, she does dies five days later in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So Laura, Marvalis, and Demarcus, they're in the whatever number stolen vehicle this is. And they're probably just counting the money that they got away with. How much money do you think they stole? That was in the register. And they're moving up. Is it 75 cents? <laughs> Might as well be. It's $44. This is fucking not worth any fucking effort. No. You murdered a mother for $44. Mm-hmm. You're just a piece of shit. They're I mean, just, to do that in the first place, but also just like, I don't know. Yeah, they're just, just icing on the cake, I guess. Out of control assholes, mm-hmm. raging assholes. So they continue to drive around the city, looking for more people to rob, stealing one vehicle after another, swapping the license plates, just doing their the thing they've been doing for literally two days straight. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that's my note here about how the license plate was. <laughs> Joseph's. Right. And just continuing to roll that over to each vehicle that they steal. Um. Yeah. Whatever. Like, so, so stupid though, because like if they're also their hideout is fucking Joseph's house, right? Like, <laughs> and neighbors are probably, especially like it's Christmas time, so everyone, it's like people are either all over your house because you have all of your family and friends over, mm-hmm. or like you go to someone else's house. But like it's the holidays, people are around, and. <laughs> With yeah. these like fucking weirdo kids that keep going in and out of this guy's house. Mm-hmm. Eventually, someone's gonna be like, "The hell is going on?" Yeah, some weird shit. You'd think they would have heard the gunshots, but hey. Yeah, they said early December twenty fourth, so mm-hmm. I think everyone was just sleeping. Yeah. So this is where we get into the final murders. Um. So these four. They're just shit stains. Just yeah, I, I don't like them at all. Well, no. I mean, like, uh, on a scale of likability from a 1 to 10, 10 being the best, 10 being, like, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Oh. They get a point zero 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 zero. They get a shit See, stain. you thought there was a 1 coming, but there's not. No, it's just zero. It's fucking idiots. It's just nothing. <laughs> no. So, they, um... They had been partying, as we know, in Joseph's house when they're tired from their long day of crime. Mm-hmm. And at some point, they had partied with two of their other friends and, of course, bragged about what they were doing and all the partying in this guy's house is fucking dead. So they started to get a little bit paranoid mm-hmm. that these two friends would snitch on them. Oh, no. So after killing Sarah in the in the mini mart, the posse picked up those two friends. One of them is 16-year-old Wendy Cottrell, and the other is 18-year-old Marvin Washington. Mm-hmm. So they picked up these two being like, yeah, like, you know, we're just hanging out. We're going to party some more. They stopped and they got some beer and some wine, mm-hmm. and they began cruising around like, yeah, we're just going to unwind a bit before we go back to party. So Marvalis is driving and he claims that he has to go and take a piss. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, we're, you know, I don't, don't want to do it like right here. So we're just going to pull off into this gravel yard, 
which is at one six once sixteen fifty four Richley Drive. If you're in the Dayton area. Okay, there we go. So he claims that he has to piss. He pulls off into that gravel yard. Mm-hmm. And instead, he and Demarcus get out of the car. They order Wendy and Marvin out of the car. Mm-hmm. Then march on behind one of these huge gravel piles and execute them. Yep. <sighs> Isn't that just a, well, two things there. Don't be friends with these type of people and party with them. And two, if you happen to hear people confess to murder, immediately go to the police because now you're just a liability to them. A liability to them. And also or... just be the right fucking thing to do. Like, it's not even like a debate. Like, you got to do it. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah. But, I so. mean, also, it's not really, like, the the best group of people. So maybe they're like, yo, we, like, fucking killed a guy. And those, they're all fucking dumb kids. Yeah. The other two could have just been like, oh, hmm, I mm-hmm. bet you did. Man, sure. I, if someone was like, I killed a guy, and I was like, I'm pretty sure he's kidding, I'd would, I would still be like, I'm just going to send it over to the cops anyways. <laughs> <laughs> There's the only, it's the only outcome's a good outcome. <laughs> right i mean that's true how well do you really know anyone yeah and also if they were fucking lying they're gonna get a lesson about that they don't fucking lie about that shit yeah and then never be friends with them again yeah and then kill them <laughs> kill them in cold blood do it okay. but the invasive thought <laughs> it's okay i'll stop you're a terrible example i know at least i know you're kidding yeah i am kidding <laughs> and i have not <laughs> i have not done anything like that I have not. I have not. I did not hit her. I did not. I did not kill her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Terrible time for a joke. We're so sorry. We're just... It's an unrelated tangent that we go off of. It's not anything to do with. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's episode 45. You know this by now, people. So, yeah. Um, executed. Yeah. Behind a gravel pit. Yeah, we really did take an inopportune time to They're... tangent. Sorry. Listen, <laughs> we're not perfect. Their bodies were left as they fell. Right there. They laid there until they were found uh, the next day or the day after. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they were just left in this gravel pit. Like, they were nothing. That's fucking bullshit. spree continued police started to realize the events were connected because of those matching shell casings and the bullets retrieved from the bodies and crime scenes so even though they could tell that they must be related mm-hmm. the problem was that they had no idea who they were looking for because like i mentioned earlier the crimes were so random random they were so disjointed these people Everyone that was involved in um, an attack or robbery seemed to have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. So they were literally at a loss of like, okay, great. We are seeing these signs that these crimes are connected. But like, what the fuck? How? And who? Yeah, it's it's so upsetting because it's just random acts of fucking violence. Exactly. And it's happening so fast. It's only been like two days. 
Mm-hmm. So they're like having a hard time staying on top of it because they're like, what the, like literally what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, where do we even begin? So they thankfully caught a break in the case after a carjacking because, you know, these fucking shits are out here just stealing everyone's car. Yeah. So they caught this break because of this carjacking and the victim managed to escape. So the cops finally had an exact vehicle to look for. So this victim was a woman at a Salem Avenue gas station. She had been putting air in the tires of her Dodge Shadow when it was stolen at gunpoint. Uh, She didn't stick around, though. Even though she was held at gunpoint, she immediately just ran away. Okay. And it it worked. She survived the encounter. They didn't shoot her. I cannot believe that worked, but I'm glad it did. Yeah. They held her at gunpoint, so they're taking the car. Maybe they, like, were getting in it. Mm. And before they could have the opportunity to be like, okay, like you're in the car with us too. Let's go. We're taking you or shoot her dad. She just fucking booked it. Okay. And she survived and was able to call the police and give them, you know, tell them obviously like it's my car. It's a Dodge Shadow. It was mm-hmm. uh, taken at gunpoint. And here's- here are my license. Here's my license plate. If it's not those plates, it's not my car. No. <laughs> no. So... <laughs> We already know they're very airtight plan, <laughs> the license plates. Great. <laughs> so yeah, the cops, they know, okay, let's look for this Dodge Shadow. And mm-hmm. it wasn't long after this um, victim went to the police saying her story, Dayton, Sar- Dayton Police Sergeant John Huber saw this suspicious vehicle mm-hmm. and it was a Dodge Shadow. So he's looking at it and watching it and whatever's happening is obviously suspicious to him. So mm-hmm. he calls in a plate check, but the registration didn't come back to this woman who owned a Dodge Shadow that was stolen. It came back to a totally different vehicle owned by a totally different person named Joseph Wilkerson. Who's the dude whose plate they've been putting on everyone's vehicle, not realizing, yo, when you fucking do a plate check, it's going to come up as whatever car he had and immediately red flags. Yeah. It's like, this is not even the right plates. Not registered to this vehicle. What the fuck? So that's when your dumb 16-year-old mind comes into play. Like, cool, Mm -hmm. you're swapping license plates. So smart. That's like, don't associate that with being like young and dumb, 16 and naive. (laughs) This is like... A fucking brain dead 16 year old level dumb yeah this exactly. is like punch holes through drywall gnaw on the chi- on the eat on cold paint pizza. chips yeah eat cold pizza <laughs> yeah and then that's why it's extra scary because these are the fucking people that have guns and yeah are, are taking people out yeah you're going <sighs> the people with the mental capacity of someone who's been kicked in the head by a horse has a <laughs> gun pointed at you yeah that's that's always it, it's for people who have that mental capacity yeah so yeah he's, he gets this the uh sergeant john huber gets the plate checked does not belong to the dodge shadow mm-hmm. so he calls in some backup because he wants to take the pull this car over and the units they close in on all directions to pull over this suspicious vehicle laura marvalis demarcus and heather they're all inside of it they're all inside this car Okay. To Marcus, when they get us, I want to say pulled over, but they're pretty much like cornered, like they hadn't have a choice. Yeah. To Marcus flees the scene. <laughs> he starts running and he just runs into somebody's house. 
some random person's house. He just oh, he got into it. In it. Okay. But the police are like right there, and mm-hmm. he didn't stand a chance. No, they took him down and arrested him. Whereas Marvalis, Laura, and Heather, they were all arrested without incident. They didn't put up any sort of fight. Mm-hmm. So they're hauled in. The police are searching the Dodge Shadow, and several weapons were confiscated from the vehicle. None of them had belonged to the woman who owned the car. Right. It was just like these guns and whatever else that they were just transferring from each car they Found stole. Found a hand grenade. <laughs> Where'd you get that brick? I don't know. <laughs> so with this whole suspicious li- license plate situation, the police are obviously like, okay, cool, we found the stolen vehicle. We have these four suspicious fucking freaks of people. Mm-hmm. But the plates, they obviously came from this person joseph wilkerson so now we're gonna have to go and track him down mm-hmm. and see why the fuck are your plates on a stolen vehicle yep so they go uh they have other officers dispatched to joseph's house mm-hmm. and i don't know how or why what the grounds were for them to go into the house but they do go into the house okay maybe it's because it's a, a serious situation there's like a fucking gta situation yeah, and you're you're probably are... on uh what is that when when isn't it like there's like some sort of like rule that if a police thinks there's some sort of like life in danger situation and they can go into the house. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Then they they're probably just like this these fucking idiots have been going around killing people, stealing cars, and now there's they're using these plates. So Yeah, they don't know that they've been killing people yet. Oh, yep. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. Yeah, they just yep. know that it's fucking weird. There's weapons in the car. It's a stolen vehicle. Mm-hmm. And some guy's plates are on the vehicle that's not with the four people. So who the fuck is this guy? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know where, what that gap there, where it's like what grounds they have to go inside the house. Wellness it check happens. kicks down Wellness the door. Check. There you go. <laughs> it happens though. They get in the house. As soon as they oh. get inside, they're like, the fuck is that smell? Yeah. And it was actually just one of the officers ripped ass. <laughs> maybe yeah because it's a dead body it's joseph's dead body that is still tied to the bed Mm -hmm. that these fucking freaks have been partying near and sleeping near this entire time yep and then maybe yeah it was an officer who ripped ass because they probably got scared (laughs) (laughs) so with with that the group was arrested they're arrested. They're charged with all these crimes they've committed, which is like literally anything I've talked about. Mm-hmm. And then the front page of the Dayton Daily News devoted coverage to this crime spree, like for days on end. And they were calling it the Christmas killing spree because it happened over Christmas Eve to Boxing Day. And it was a killing spree. Mm-hmm. Just blind fuckery of these little shit stained posse members. Yeah. Just wreaking havoc on Dayton. Yeah, this is a news editor's wet dream. For real. And it's 1992, so it was... Oh, yeah. Like, it can, you can get away with being a lot more, like, tabloidy and... Yeah, no consideration for victims. And, <laughs> no, what's, you know, like, the biggest, juiciest thing here? Yeah, well, let's definitely dr- dramatizing everything to make it more appealing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good times. So, yeah, we're just jumping ahead a bit here. They had gotten arrested and charged and then the trial happens 
1993. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the details we have from, you know, just... We know the timeline of events because there was shell casings and evidence left at each scene where cops could do ballistics testing and stuff like that and pinpoint what crime happened first and the order that it all happened in and kind of map out the events. Mm -hmm. But some of that in-between stuff and the details of like who cased the joint when they went to the mini mart and who was driving and whatever, Mm -hmm. that were those were details that came out when certain members of the posse were taking the stand and trial. And so, you know, obviously this entire story has to be taken with a grain of salt, but I think I was pretty good at just delivering what. <laughs> yeah. What's out is, there. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm not going to start. If it's like one shady source who said one thing scandalous, like I'm not going to talk this about one it. One Tumblr post <laughs> I found said. That's a source. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not ever <laughs> mentioned that <laughs> nothing wrong with tumblr but I'm not using it as a source so during the trial marvellus keen was labeled as the ringleader of the gang and he was actually given uh the death penalty all right for directing the killing spree being the ringleader mainly this might be because he was the one that was always supposedly driving the vehicle and he is well i was gonna say he is one of the oldest but actually heather is the oldest but you know he's Mm -hmm. whatever happens throughout this trial and maybe everyone else in the posse kind of pinned it on him more who Mm -hmm. knows but he gets labeled as the ringleader he gets the death penalty and laura heather and demarcus are all labeled as his accomplices and each of them are sentenced to life in prison okay So both Laura and Heather are serving a life sentence at the Ohio Reformatory for Women, which is in Marysville, Ohio, Mm -hmm. and they're still there today. Good. And Demarcus is serving a life sentence at Mansfield Correctional Institute in Mansfield, Ohio, and he is still there today. In case you're in the... (laughs) In case you're in the Marysville or Mansfield area. (laughs) And then Marvalis served his time at Southern Ohio Correctional Facility in Lucasville. And after 16 years on death row and several rejected appeals, he was executed by lethal injection on Tuesday, July 21st, 2009. Holy shit. You want to know what his final meal was, his last meal? Dirt. It was dirt. The shit of all of the victims' families just made into a pie. Yeah. And he was forced to eat it. Mm-hmm. That should be your last meal. Yeah. You should not get to have a big delicious feast, which, you know, to the credit of a few states, they don't do it anymore. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They're like, not your last meal. It's whatever the fuck we give you. Because <laughs> there was- There's no special treatment. Because there's people who would start taking advantage of it and using the last meal as a form of like- rebellion and like mm-hmm. order a fucking feast like four pizzas and two foot long subs and ice cream li- and soda and then wouldn't the... eat it yeah i don't know if i was running this prison thing i'd be like <clears throat> i'm just gonna limit the <laughs> the value there that's yeah. another option too there's yep. people some states or prisons that just don't do it at all and there's mm-hmm. others who are like you have a limit of like 35 bucks get what you want with that 
Yeah. It's not just a fucking frenzy. Mm -hmm. But whatever it must have been for uh, Marvalis because he got a steak, a pound of prawns with cocktail sauce, fries, onion rings, bread and butter, two plums, a mango, a pound of grapes, German chocolate cake, two bottles of Pepsi, and two bottles of cream soda. Ew. It's too that's, much. Yeah, it's too much. Uh, I was the drinks are what did it. Yeah, I don't like cream soda really or I do, but like I know. <laughs> I don't like yeah. None of that goes with what he ordered. German chocolate cake and then a mango and then some prawns and then some onion rings. Yeah. I have diarrhea. Yeah. Like I have diarrhea just reading it. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go. How do you not opt for red wine? I would I don't know, it could be like real gang. <sighs> This is probably in poor taste to some people, but be real gangster about it and do Eileen Warnos, who just had black coffee. You know what? That that might be how I would choose to go too. I don't. I think just... I said that to you when I had heard it. <laughs> but yeah, or um, Timothy McVeigh was the Oklahoma City bomber, mm -hmm. and he just got a fuck ton of. Mint chocolate chip ice cream. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> That's it. These people are fucked. I know. I now I just want to go down a rabbit hole, seeing what all these like weirdo fucked up people order for their last meal. I know John Wayne Gacy got like a fuck ton of strawberries and fried chicken. God, I fucking hate John Wayne Gacy. Me too. I don't. So I think much. that's like I can't even. I have to watch a documentary at least to get the whole story. Cause like I'm I'm just hearing pieces all the time. Oh yeah. So I just, so I just know what he did and like his last words on his when he was getting executed and shit. And but like I should I should look it up. But like God damn it, he's a freak. But where they kiss my ass? He was kiss my ass. Yeah. Uh, he is a freak. I watched the on Netflix the um confession tapes or whatever it was called, mm -hmm. and I didn't sleep. Like I. I tried to sleep and I had to keep the lights on and I just didn't sleep. Like I'm terrified of John Wayne Gacy. I have to watch that. I'm okay. Yeah. My, the reason I was like, fuck, I got to watch is we watched the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. And there was like a, <laughs> they did like that clip yeah. with him. And I was like, okay, I got to figure out what the fuck this did. As long as you know the clip did. that they show in Dahmer was like totally <laughs> took a lot of liberty like yeah i know <laughs> i know i know even if he did that there's no way you wouldn't know <laughs> yeah but the i'm god thing like yeah oh yeah and him and like in his clown costume yeah doing yeah, yeah that stuff it's like well that's the victim who's dead now you don't know that that's what he did yeah 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 but yeah yeah he's whoo you're gonna have to go on a a rabbit hole then because that's a big one and mm -hmm. one that i can safely say i will never ever cover ever I can't. I'm good with that. I don't want to cover can't. that either from the subject matter. There's something about him. Richard else. Ramirez, though. I'm not ever going <laughs> to do that either. <laughs> you can't even look at his picture. The, no, I can. The, the it's, drawing. It's the one sketch artist rendering. Sketch. <sighs> no. It's disturbing. <laughs> it's pretty fucked. How the fuck are you the sketch artist? And that's what you have conceptualized it's dog shit anyway this isn't about any of them 
<laughs> do, do you know um, that this this shit stain, Marvalis, his last words were, I have no words. Do you have any last words? I have no words. He probably thought that was so clever. <laughs> you fucking got yours. I would have been so satisfied to click that button to just be like, all right, injection begin. <laughs> yeah, you as the executioner, but that just quoting itself, I have no words, is very frustrating. Yeah. It perpetuates the frustration that this case had from the beginning, which is that even facing death, this fucker never offered up a real explanation for what the motives were, why they went on this killing spree. Mm-hmm. Often family members go and watch the execution and that's your last words is I have no words. Mm-hmm. So they don't even get a semblance of closure. Like even if there was no real reason you did this, at least say it. At least even show remorse. Even just say, I was a fucking dog shit, dumbass 19-year-old who thought I was cool and was in a gang, quote, unquote. Mm -hmm. And we just did it because we're fucking asshole idiots. Even that is at least taking... I I have a hunch that the reason he's been put to death is for that exact fucking attitude in front of a judge. Oh, absolutely. My guess is like he was one of the... I don't know if the other ones were like offered up an apology or were more cooperative or not, but well, yeah, they because I think that those three took the stand, yeah, in the trial, yeah, and was was like, yeah, and they have shown at least um, accountability. I know that Heather, in some sort of interview or something, had said that she was like a dumb a dumbass who Mm -hmm. wanted to be in a gang, so she acted like this. Ellie saying like fuck yeah i know and mm-hmm. this is why it doesn't excuse it at all you're still a fucking piece of shit you cannot act this way but i don't think that marvellus ever had that i think he just was stone cold yep. the whole time so the judge was like all right you're just gonna be wiped off the face of the earth and the others are just gonna sit in a jail cell exactly yep. that's probably so true especially because he um tried to appeal it many times and he probably went into each appeal not showing remorse not being able to prove any sort of action that shows he tried to you know seek penance or make Mm -hmm. up for it in any way the judge was probably like no reject it again because look at you yeah and the i know like a lot of people on death row like it says so much because a lot of people will appeal Mm -hmm. just so that they don't like get fucking off right away exactly just and postponing yeah so like a bunch of them don't even really get the death penalty really they just are in the facility for like people on death row but then they just die of old age or something but like it's also just a poor system yeah it's just shitty (laughs) but like for him to like be appealing and he still Mm -hmm. relatively speedily gets the fucking death penalty like actually actually executed is just perfect because it's just like you're such a piece of shit every time the judge was like no you you're getting expedited <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, fuck 16 you. years on death row and then uh, executed mm-hmm. it's just frustrating that there's no like real motive you're just out there killing people randomly because you're young and dumb and fucked up and just doing it for fun like mm-hmm. it comes down to that this is something 
you did in a to be cool. Yeah, a lot you of, thought it was cool and you thought it was fun and there's no reason, there's no pattern in it. A lot of families broken up because of that. That's exactly what I was going to say. That these four shit stains, which I think is what they should all legally change their name to, shit stain. Mm-hmm. They senselessly killed six people. Joseph Wilkerson, Danita Goulet, Richmond Maddox, Sarah Abraham, Wendy Cottrell, and Marvin Washington. Mm-hmm. six people in two days and these six people all had family and friends and now these family and friends are going to have to spend the rest of their life forever associating christmas with their loved one's murder mm-hmm. and i mean to in my personal opinion most violence is senseless and pointless mm-hmm. but this especially yeah is just horrific like to be like well i don't know like sorry they died because they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time no that should never ever be a thing i should be able to go out and do whatever i want stand at a payphone for eight hours straight if i want yeah and i should never have to face anything like this but now now these loved ones are like it's the Christmas is like the best time of year. Everyone says that. It's the most wonderful time of year. I get to see my family. I get to get presents. I get to eat the best food. I get to mm-hmm. travel, all of these things. And now these six people's families associate Christmas with that. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Horseshit. I know that was heavy. <laughs> I can, I have a little, before we end it, I have a little like... I don't know, positive note. Want to hear it? It's an apple. It's an apple. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I want to hear it. So Danita's sister, that's the woman that was killed at the payphone. Um, Her sister's name is Rhonda. And remember, Danita had a two-year-old daughter when she was murdered. Mm -hmm. So Rhonda helped raise the daughter, which is her niece. And she is a victim advocate for the Montgomery county victim with montgomery county victim witness division okay and like i had mentioned earlier the the meaning of christmas has completely changed for all these people mm-hmm. your loved one is dead and you're no matter what you do you're going to associate it with that and every year you know you look at the table and that person should be there mm-hmm. so Rhonda says that her life was changed forever after her sister was murdered but she sort of combats the flood of memories and trauma that this has caused her by helping people on the holidays helping others she said quote i don't really celebrate the holidays like other people i go back in my mind and i think about the day i found out that my sister was killed I try to shift my focus off myself and what has happened to me and what has happened to my family onto service. I serve in my church. I serve in my community. I like feeding the homeless. So from September 1st to January 1st, I serve. Mm. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's just, I think, personally, like a really great example of using your hurt and your pain and trauma and all of that and instead of twisting it inside and creating this like 
something gross and dark. She's like, no, I will not ever sort of perpetuate that feeling onto anybody. Instead, when I'm in these times of year where it's more difficult or dark, I will turn it into good. Mm-hmm. And great example. Yeah. Total opposite of the four shit stains that we talked about. Yeah, no fucking kidding. She helped raise her niece and every year she, quote, surfs. Mm-hmm. And she probably does serve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the... It's a Christmas killing spree in Dayton, Ohio. Ohio, I don't know what's wrong with you. I feel like every time there's like some kind of fuckery or crazy cases, it's like everyone's like, oh, you know, Ohio. What? Someone of in the it Dayton was Ohio. area is going to be really appreciative of this episode, though. Well, let us know Are you... <laughs> if you're in the Dayton area. <laughs> yeah, you got any comments? Anything you want to add? No, that was That's really fine. good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I um, I never heard of this, so when I came upon it, it uh, well, I have nothing really to say about it. it no, I just... mean, like, how can you? Because it's just such an absurd thing to happen. I think I really wanted to do it just because of how. Obviously, I'm not gonna. I really had. I had a blood, blood. Um, the best case is. To for me to talk about especially in this medium where people are listening like mm-hmm. i want to be able to tell an interesting story mm-hmm. and feel like there's some sort of investment in it i don't want to just like be monotonously relaying something mm-hmm. and this is one of those cases that when i read about it and was like researching it i like felt something like viscerally like ugh, <sighs> these people like these are people that walk among us like not anymore thank god these four specifically yeah but, like, when you have a case you've researched and you, like, viscerally feel something, it's, like, mm-hmm. you know it would be a good one to talk about because, yeah, there's just, like, that passion behind it. Yeah. And when I was researching this one, I was, like, oh, fuck. These little shits. Yeah. And I've never heard of it before. No, I hadn't either. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's not, like, the most wonderful time of the year, Christmas. But it's a Christmas episode. It's yeah. around this time and it has good message in it mm-hmm. from the people who matter, like Rhonda. Mm-hmm. Her like Christmas is hard because my sister was murdered for no fucking reason. But look at the good I can do. Mm-hmm. And other messages within this story, like for example, Richmond, who it's Christmas. And he wakes up for Christmas, and it's nothing but Christmas. And he's with his family, and he's celebrating Christmas. And then your piece of shit ex-girlfriend is like, let's go for a drive, and whatever the fuck she said to convince him to Mm -hmm. go. And he never comes home. Yeah. And that's what happens in the blink of an eye. So it's like another message within it of like, dude, you just don't fucking know. Yeah. And just take care of all of your loved ones. Mm Mm-hmm. Reach out to everyone you love and your, you know, people have different versions of loved ones. Some people don't have family. Some people think their friends are their, their family or whatever. Just keep your loved ones close on Christmas. Mm-hmm. It sounds like I'm going to cut for a break and we're not coming back <laughs> until after <laughs> Christmas, but we're coming back <laughs> next yeah. week. You know, Dustin, do you know what ne- next week is? I don't. Paige. Is Paige? Paige is coming back. It's a page. It's it's a page. 
doesn't work. It has to be. It doesn't. No. It has to be a vowel. It's in page. No, and page. It's in page. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> page is coming back. Page will be back next week. Um, that's next week. And <laughs> Paige will be here. <laughs> Fuck's sakes. So we're going to post some pictures related to this case. You can follow us on Instagram, Dark Adaptation Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Instagram. Dyson's on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter, Dark Adapt Pod, and you can send each other some fire memes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, visit our website, darkadaptationpodcast.ca. That's where we got our sources. That's where you can buy us coffee. Uh, you can check out our merch store where we have a beautiful embroidered iron-on patch, which is only $14, no tax and free shipping. Yeah. it's That's it. Just flat out. Give me $14. Canadian. We get Canadian. We're Canadian. It's even cheaper, U.S. guys. It's technically not. That's not how exchanges work. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, Dyson, everyone. (laughs) And then, yeah, everyone, make sure you come back next week where we'll catch you on the dark side for an episode led by Paige. What is she doing? I don't know. All she said was, what are you doing? And I said, well, the first week of December is our anniversary episode. And then the second week of December, I'm going to do like a Christmas slash winter themed one. So I don't really know. And then she said, okay. Okay. So. <laughs> so that's a mystery next one. next week to find out alongside me what Paige is doing. And it'll be good. It's always good. It is. It's always fire. I'm excited. You too. Okay, wait. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye.